0: Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of The Jadavis Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valliere, and it is another wonderful Victory Monday here in Lynchburg, Virginia, and anywhere in the D.C. area. We are glad to have you with us. Um, Trying to think of why today is such a good day. Uh, I really can't put a finger on it. Oh, yeah, the Washington football team. Did their thing again, they beat the Las Vegas Raiders 17-15, Washington winning 17-15 for the second week in a row, I don't think that's ever happened before, especially with a score like that, but uh, happy to escape with a win, it did not have to be as hard as it was, but it is still a win, a win is a win, am I right? So, glad to have you with us. All right. so, the game was crazy. All right. The fourth quarter is where the drama happens. First of all, Washington scored a touchdown on the very first drive of the game, which has happened now just once the entire season. And it was that uh, drive at the start of the game as yesterday. They have scored two first quarter touchdowns all season. So you, you think, oh, they start with momentum. They're up seven to nothing. And oh, they can't score the rest of the first half. Now they played excellent defense. Okay. that against the number one passer in terms of passing yards in all of the NFL in Derek Carr, they held him in check, which was uh, very good. They held him in check. I didn't think they would be able to do it against a big-time passing game, but they were missing Darren Waller, and then they missed Kenyon Drake for the majority of the game, and they were missing, obviously, Henry Ruggs, so it was a bit of a depleted offense. But they held him in check. They only had... Six points heading into the fourth quarter, and then they gave up the touchdown to Josh Jacobs to go down. They were now down fourteen to twelve, and then Heineke with about ten minutes left. There's an opportunity there to potentially take the clock down, maybe hit him with the dagger touchdown drive that you did against Tampa Bay a few weeks ago. Uh, well, nope, that's not what happened. They threw an inter- Heineke threw an interception, albeit not his fault. His arm was tipped. Uh, Raiders go down and kick a field goal, and then Washington with 2.22 left goes down and hits a field goal of their own with this guy named uh, Brian Johnson, who I had never heard of before, but evidently he can kick 48-yard field goals and make it unbelievably dramatic in the process. Um, <laughs> I was definitely nervous. I mean, the, if you watch that kick, it's like tailing at the end, and then it just gets in, at the very last, like it stays in at the very last second. I, it, it, I thought it was gonna be no good. 37 seconds left. It's good. Washing up 17-15. The first play of the very next drive for the Raiders. This is their time to go down and uh kick a field goal of their own. And Derek Carr unloads a 60-yard pass to Zay Jones, and Bobby McCain's back there in coverage. McCain's all over Jones, the ball's incomplete, and somehow it's not a penalty. I mean, my heart stopped, because they call a penalty right there, it's over. The Raiders are down at the 15, 12-yard line, they kick a field goal, like a 31-yard field goal to win it, and that's it. It's over. Um, and so, it it I, I can't believe it, that it happened the way it did, but Washington pulled it off. Um, And I keep saying this, and I I think I need to emphasize this when I'm talking uh, about Taylor Heineke, but he is literally Tony Romo. And it's a coincidence because Washington does play Dallas next, but he is Tony Romo. Because if you remember Tony Romo, here are some things about how I remember Tony Romo, former division rival of the Washington football team. The Cowboys were really never out of a game. Every game was competitive. It was always tight with Romo. Okay, it was always a tight game. Um, There was an occasional gut-wrenching interception. Heineke threw one in the fourth quarter. He did it week two against the Giants, did it week 13 against the Raiders. Just throw that gut-wrenching fourth quarter pick. You think it's going to be a difference maker? And then now twice Heineke has bounced back to lead game-winning drives after throwing a gut-wrenching fourth quarter interception. That's happened twice this year. That would happen with Romo. He would kill drives with some overthrown passes. Just sometimes, you just would. Romo would throw a pass on third down that was way over a wide open receiver's head, and you thought, "Well, dang, maybe if we had an accurate quarterback, this drive would extend a little bit." So those are the negatives: occasional gut wrenching turnover, overthrowing passes on big plays. Sometimes it just felt like. He was stuck in neutral for large parts of the afternoon, Romo and now Heineke. But then, you're never out of the game. Romo always found a way in the last couple of minutes. Uh, People forget, uh, you know, because Tony Romo has a legacy of some sorts of being a choker. Oh, Romo chokes. Yeah, yeah, he he did, but a lot of quarterbacks choke. Okay, Aaron Rodgers has choked. Russell Wilson's choked. Patrick Mahomes has. Even Tom Brady has choked in big games. Everybody has. Tony Romo had 29 career game-winning drives. One year, he led the NFL with five fourth-quarter comebacks. He had 24 of them in his career. But everybody believes he's a choker. Taylor Heineke has four game-winning drives in six wins this year. He always finds a way. At the end of the game... Put the ball in Tony Romo's hands, put the ball in Taylor Heineke's hands, good things are going to happen. He plays with a reckless abandon, Heineke does, it, just like Romo, plays with a reckless abandon that is rare to find in quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes may play reckless, But he doesn't play with reckless abandon. Former first-round pick. Everybody reveres him as a top-three quarterback in the league. He's won a Super Bowl and two AFC Championship games. He knows that his job is never going to be in question. He's already done plenty. Even Tom Brady doesn't play with reckless abandon. He just throws the ball down the field, you know, takes what the defense gives him, because he knows even if he comes out and randomly throws zero touchdowns and five picks, well, they're not going to bench Tom Brady. No, of course they're not going to bench Tom Brady. So, but Tony Romo at the beginning of his career, he just sort of played like, well, I'm going to throw it down the field. And if it's if I throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns, then that's great. But there's a chance I may throw for 120 yards and three interceptions. But he plays with a reckless abandon. Like if I screw this up, it's over. It's over. Like, Tony Romo knew, if I screw up bad, my career is over. Because I was undrafted, spent the first three years, three and a half years without a single pass attempt, they're just going to send me right back to the bench and I'm never going to play again. No one's ever going to value me again. And Taylor Heineke plays that way. And there's something, and Kurt Warner played like that. And early on, Brett Favre played like that. And there is such a value to a quarterback that plays like that because you know what? They give everything they have. They make every every play is on the line for them. They play like it's the last one. I got to make this play. I could get benched. Taylor Heineke's like, I could get benched for Kyle Allen at any point today. I don't want to play like that. So, look, the locker room loves them. The locker room, the locker room loved Romo. They love Taylor Heineke. They'll run through a brick wall for Taylor Heineke in that locker room. And he's got the experience. He's started 11 games this season. Okay? He's seeing a lot of different coverages. Things aren't really... He's only going to get better. You know, the more experience you get, it's not the worse you get. It's the better you get. Okay? And so, that's my evaluation. If Taylor Heineke wins four of the next five games, to finish the year with 10, Lord willing, 11 wins then that's your starting quarterback next year. You just found him, Washington. You just found him. If he can win at least three or four of the next five games, then you found your franchise quarterback. This guy will give you everything he has. He'll, it's proven that you can win games. You can win the majority of your games with Taylor Heineke. It's proven. This is the guy. There's a big stretch of games coming up. And you don't want to mess this up if you're Taylor Heineke. That's my evaluation. And if he wins all of them, I will be more than happy and ready to embrace him with open arms. I will. Okay. Um. Tonight, there's a big game. By the time most of you hear this, it'll have already happened. But it hasn't happened yet. It's the Patriots and the Bills. Uh, the winner of this game will lead the AFC East. If the Patriots win they will be the f- number 1 seed and the buffalo bills will be the 7th seed with a half game advantage on the 7th seed <laughs> but if they if the bills win they're the second seed the tennessee titans are the number 1 seed in heading into week 14 and the patriots are the fifth seed ravens 3 chiefs 4 and then everybody else I think the Chargers are in the hunt right now, um, and the Bengals. I don't know. I don't remember. But that's how it will go down. But remember when the sky was falling on the Patriots? Tom Brady leaves. The Patriots go 7-9. Tom Brady and his team wins the Super Bowl, and you think, well, the it's over. Belichick, or Brady, was way more valuable to the Patriots than Belichick ever was. Okay. Got it. Because... Because washed up Cam Newton somehow winning seven games for you that's somehow equals Belichick can 't coach anymore because he almost went five hundred with a completely washed up quarterback and no offensive talent yeah that is that really how we 're going to evaluate Belichick so what did he do in the off season spent millions upon millions of dollars. On the offense, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, uh, going out and drafting Mac Jones. Okay, they were serious. We're going to totally flip this offense on its head. And what happened? The New England Patriots are a win away tonight from being the number one seed with a game and a half advantage in their division. For number one. This is my thought process on Mac Jones. What is so different between Mac Jones and Tom Brady? Now, that sounds ridiculous, right? Well, well, Tom Brady's a seven-time Super Bowl champ. This is the Patriots' first dynasty all over again. So let's compare Mac Jones through all these starts. So Mac Jones now has started, what, is it 12 games in the NFL? I don't even think the Patriots have had their uh, bye week. But Mac Jones, through 12 starts, is 8-4. and four. 8 wins, 4 losses, 16 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, is completing about a little bit over 70% of his passes, and he's averaging 7.5 yards per attempt. That's Mac Jones through 12 starts. Okay, What about Tom Brady through 12 starts? Tom Brady through 12 starts, his record was 9-3, slightly better than Mac Jones, so Tom Brady was 9-3 through 12 starts, completing 65% of his passes, okay, that's about 5% worse than Mac Jones, 16 touchdown passes, same as Mac Jones, 10 interceptions, 2 more than Mac Jones. Yards per attempt at seven, that's a half yard less than Mac Jones. Where's the big difference? What, What was Tom Brady his rookie year in the NFL, or his first year as a starter in the NFL? I'll give you a hint, not much. He was a guy that was solid, but he wasn't a game changer. He was good enough to win games. That's what Tom Brady was in his first year as a starter. He was just good enough to win you football games and not mess everything up. That's what Tom Brady was. What is how would you describe Mac Jones? He's not nothing special. He's not the athlete. Okay, Mac Jones isn't the athlete that Justin Fields is. He's got not he doesn't have the cannon that Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen has. Okay, he, no one's going to ever accuse Mac Jones of having any of those things. But what does he have? An excellent coach, an excellent play caller. Very nice shifty wide receivers and a good run game and an incredible top five defense. Mac Jones has the exact same situation Tom Brady had in 2001 where he basically decided to take what the defense gave him, be a game manager and let your defense win you games. That's what Tom Brady did his first few years in New England. That's exactly what Mac Jones is doing right now. Where's the difference? They play the same style of football. Just take what the defense gives you. Just throw those little check downs when there's a play down the field. Make it. But it's a lot of short stuff, intermediate stuff, like throw the ball 10 to 15 yards down the field when you're really being aggressive. But he's not Josh Allen. He won't blow you away with his arm. He's not Mahomes. He's not going to throw it deep every play like Mahomes and Allen and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Look, the Patriots, when they lose, it's tight. It's a close loss. Like the Buccaneers, they only lost by two at home to the reigning Super Bowl champions who had a clear quarterback advantage. They only lost by two. And when they win, they crush teams. They blow out teams when they win. Okay, so they win, it's a blowout. They lose, it's close. They just play excellent defense, play efficient, mistake-free offense, and out-coach the other team which is not hard when your coach is Bill Belichick. Where are they different now from when they were 20 years ago? This Patriots team can totally win the Super Bowl this year. Totally. I'm not going to pick them to win the Super Bowl, but they can. Mac Jones is certainly good enough to win. It's it's shocking. They found the next Tom Brady. Now, I'm not saying Mac Jones is going to be Tom Brady. He's not going to win seven Super Bowls or four MVPs. I'm not saying that's what Mac Jones is going to be. But they have found the exact right guy for that system. And for that reason, I give the Patriots a lot of love. They can win. They could win a Super Bowl with Mac Jones. I'm going out on as, as long as Belichick's there, they can win a Super Bowl going to go out and say it right now. All right. That is it for me. Uh, Those are the two biggest headlines for me. I wish I could talk more about yesterday's games. I'd like to get on here later on in the week to talk about them. But as far as it goes for me, I'm your host, Jacob Valliere. This has been the Jadavis Show. Hail to the football team. Winners of four straight. Cowboys next week. Big one. And We'll see you then.